then what we normally do, uh, we will go ahead and, uh, and just have uh, uh, Cora read for us. We generally have uh, someone read uh, one of the passages and then we'll reflect on it together in response, just for a moment. It's found on page 413 in your Bibles, Ruth 2. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in the, whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of the harvesters, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water, from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate, all, she, she ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it mounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw, saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. 
Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her, the Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen, redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. When we are uh, in the church in Mexico, usually there are just a, a couple of messages along the way. So, so I'm going to share with you two a few thoughts. It was so nice what, what Pastor Jesus shared. And there's beautiful things here in, in the letter of Ruth, too, when, when you have just uh, even the cultural differences between uh, Ruth uh, coming into, into Israel. And it's, it's like coming from Mexico here, and, and it's so different. And yet the Lord is at the center, and the Lord is the hope and the strength of us all. And even that, that we are relatives, uh, when Ruth says to, to uh, her mother-in-law, it's Boaz, and then Naomi says, he is a relative of ours. And so, too, Jesus and Avilia, they're, they're like relatives to us. They are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we come together in that love. I just wanted to, to focus our, our attention for a moment on one verse from Leviticus in the context of the reading here of gleaning and fields. And uh, in Leviticus 19, Leviticus 19 is a beautiful chapter, it it parallels the Ten Commandments in many ways out of Exodus 20. But it says in verse uh, 9 of Exodus 19, when you reap the harvest of your land, Leviticus 19 verse 9, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. And the, the thought behind that is you leave it for the needy. For others, you have a bigger vision that others would be blessed. So this morning, as we reflect on this, it reminds me I had opportunity, uh, and through the summer, I, I've been sharing with you as a congregation some of the things that I experienced with fellow pastors as we traveled through uh, Egypt and, and Jordan and Israel. And one of the things, uh, going there, you see it, uh, a little differently. Just like when Jesus and Avilia come here, they see things a little differently. If you go there, and I hope you all get a chance to go there, you, you will get a, a deeper, fuller sense of all that God is doing. It's just amazing when you go. So we had a chance to actually go and, and travel in that area, and, and 
one of the things, one morning we were just driving from one place to another, and our leader, George, he stopped the bus, and there was nothing to see. We were just out in the middle of nowhere. And, and okay, everybody off the bus, and, and we off up on a hillside. We're walking up on a hillside, and we come to a field, a field of grain. And you have to recognize the fields there in, 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 uh, was on the, the east side of the Jordan Valley, the east side of the, the Dead Sea. It's, it's somewhat hilly, quite rocky, no trees, and just enough moisture to grow some grain, some wheat, some barley. It is the land where the tribe of Reuben and Gad and Manasseh live. And so our guy, George, he walked us over to a field. You could see the rows of wheat planted there. It was growing just, it wasn't tall. It was, yeah, 25, 30 centimeters. You could see the heads. And then standing there, reading Ruth chapter 2. And our thinking of fields, and, and Pastor Jesus mentioned, he saw some fields around here. That's not there. But that's what we think of. 140, 160 acres, crops this high. We think of large, square, fenced fields. And then we read Leviticus 19, verse 9, which says, Leave, uh, in the King James, it says, leave the corners. And if you're going to leave the corners in our fields, well, even with the big equipment, the corners are very small and it's just weeds and there's nothing there. But the Bible times, it wasn't like that. There were no large square fenced fields. So as we stood there, with our leader, we stood by a small field. And the field was probably the size of this church. Inside, not the outside perimeter, not the parking lot, right here in the sanctuary. That was the field. And then you could see further around other fields like that. And then, as you're standing there uh, looking at the field, you, you think, yeah, there are no corners. And so now you know why the Bible says, actually in the NIV, the edges of your field. It's the edges all the way around. Leave the edges. So if you had a 140, 160-acre field, if you leave the edges, you're leaving, you're leaving something. No doubt. So it's, it speaks to generosity. Leave the edges. And the second thing, as we stood there beside the small field on that open hill, uh, a question came to mind. And it's good to ask questions of the texts. So Leviticus 19, verse 9, leave the edges. 
So how much do you leave? How much do you leave? That's the question. I have a picture here of a field. Oh, that's pretty close. Okay, you have the edge of the field here. So, so how, how far, how much do you leave? If you're harvesting the field and you have to leave the edges, you could leave just, yeah, a couple plants here, right here. Or do you move in a foot or two? It's speaking about the generosity for those in need, for, for those God would want you to help. And you, you have to decide how generous you are going to be. Are you going to have narrow edges or are you going to have wide edges? It's not specifically stated how much. It's a matter of your relationship with God. Matter of the heart, as Pastor Yesu said. Your heart in relationship to God. Now we see in Ruth 2, Boaz, he has a heart open to God. He leaves a lot. And the whole story that Korah read there for us, Boaz is generous. All around the edges, he leaves a big section. And he even allows gleaning among the sheaves, verse 15. That, that wasn't normally done. And then verse 16, even pulling out stalks. I mean, this is his wheat. But he's leaving more. And verse 17, where Ruth gathers an ephah. Well, what's that? Well, that's five bushels. Five bushels, which is, is huge. Which is hugely showing God's generosity. That his heart is open to give. For those who God would have him help. So Boaz has a deep awareness of the plight of the poor. There's no personal gain here for him at all. But he is simply seeing God's call on his life, God's blessing on his life, and he is ready to assist as God has enabled him. Do we have that awareness? Until Pastor Jesus and Avila come and stand here and talk to us, it, it's... You hear about a little bit, but now, now hopefully we have again more that awareness. And two weeks from now, we are going to have Peter Desjardins standing here. He is an elder at the Macrosis Church here at the, at the Reserve North here. And he's going to share with us. Our eyes are closed to. We, we don't know. We, we distance ourselves. To see the plight of those around us, to see the opportunity even in Mexico, in, in Colonia 89, to be aware of the needs. And then the question arises, how, how generous are we? That's the question. And sometimes we have to admit we are working hard. We are working hard to ignore the needs. They're there. They're all there. They're always there. But we can very conveniently just ignore them. That's sin. 
that blinds us to the reality of what God has called us for and what he wants us to do. Let me just put it to you this way. Uh, sometimes, too, we, we think, too, we don't have fields. We read Leviticus 19, verse 9. I don't own a field. Some of you do. Many of you don't. So it doesn't apply to me. Well, well even let me put it to you this way. We, we have students who go to college, and they apply themselves to work in the field of education or in the field of business. And they have to go and work and find themselves in these different fields. And so those are our fields. We all have fields, our work, our place of business. And like the fields there in Jordan, there are various shapes and various size, sizes. And through working in our field, God's blessing on our work provides for our needs and enables us to help others in need. And so we have to recognize beyond the reality of sin that blinds us that God wants us, calls us, demands that we have as he has enabled us. Now it all comes from the heart. It's a matter of the heart, a matter of our relationship with God. We are called by God to leave the edges, to be ready and willing to give as we see the need to respond to it. Boaz is pictured in the New Testament. I wanted just to share, uh, Pastor Jesus pointed to Acts 2, from Acts 4 here, Acts 4 verse 36 Someone like Boaz, Barnabas, son of encouragement by God's grace in his life, he wanted to encourage. He sold a field he owned and he brought the money and put it all at the apostles' feet. He gave the whole field from edge to edge. The edges got so big that he gave the whole field. What is that? That's a matter of the heart. His heart growing big in the service of the Lord. And how could he do that? How could he be inspired to do that? I think it was partly the teaching of the Bible. Deuteronomy 24 verse 19 says, If in harvest you forget a sheath of wheat, leave it for the foreigner, the alien, the stranger, be generous, so the Lord may be generous to you, so he definitely trusts in God's care for himself. And so we can have that too. God cares for us wonderfully in Canada. But how can we be truly generous? We need to realize what Barnabas realized. He saw God's generosity to him. He knew Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he saw how God had given everything to him in Jesus. And in that, as God gave himself for us, he, he alleviated our poverty. 
He drew us out, saved us from the reality that we were poor, dying in sin. And in that great truth, in that great hope, by the Spirit, we, we become that fountain of life. He was just bubbling over. Fuenta de Vida. It was springing up in him. I don't know if he even thought initially to give the whole field, but, but as he was thinking about it and as the Spirit led him, he brought everything. That's the heart of, of seeing God at work, seeing his blessing in our lives. And it's only the love of Jesus in our heart that can open that true, generous spirit. We need to see again this morning, and I hope you have seen, the fields. The fields are white with harvest, Jesus says in John 4. They are white with harvest. There's so much that God has given us, and there's so much that he calls us to do. We are privileged to be part of that ongoing work here and in Mexico. And so the question comes to us this morning, how wide? Are you going to make your edges? How generous is your heart to the Lord? May it overflow in thanks through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to respond.